What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everybody, this is Mississippi Mason. You're listening to Porch Talk, and here's a brand new song that I wrote a while back about the Tom Bigby River. It's the river that goes through Columbus, Mississippi. This is called the Tom Bigby Bend. Tom Bigby is a long, windy river Been many man who traveled on his way The paddle boats are steaming Cause the river shore is streaming And I'm gonna be a captain someday Yes, I'm gonna be a captain someday From Mississippi down to Alabama The water's full of mud and the skies are gray When Tibby Bell comes around She'll blow her whistle sound And I'm gonna be her captain someday Yes, I'm gonna be your captain someday Well, you can catch me on downtown Big Babin Lord, I don't know where I'm going But I sure know where I've been If you miss me, come and kiss me But I'll have to tell you when You can find me on downtown Big Babin You can find me on downtown Big Babin Yeah! Well, people hold on a little tighter My bowler's running hot, we're near the end Ain't no wood left to burn, but we gotta make the turn Gotta push on through that rambling river bend Gotta push on through that rambling river bend It takes a hard-working man to be a captain You gotta know every mile that river well I have to be on time to collect the people's dime Cause I'm the captain of the Tibby Bell Yes, I'm the captain of the Tibby Bell Well, you can catch me on downtown Big Bend. Lord, I don't know where I'm going, but I sure know where I've been 
If you miss me, come and kiss me, but I have to tell you when. You can find me on downtown Big Ben. You can find me on downtown Big Ben. Well, you can catch me on downtown Big Ben. Lord, I don't know where I'm going, but I sure know where I've been. If you miss me, come and kiss me, but I'll have to tell you when. You can find me on downtown Big Ben. You can find me on downtown Big Ben. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, welcome you to Porch Talk. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Got Mississippi Mason here with me tonight. That's right. We're back in the uh, same spot we were last night with Braden. I'm excited for this episode. Uh, first met uh, Mason. Uh, he was open up for my friend Adam Hood at the Columbus Heart Council. And yep. we got a lot of ground to cover. Uh, I wanted to start out with where are you from? I'm from right here in Columbus, Mississippi. I was born and raised on the river and uh, fished all my life, and I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, I'm from Columbus, Mississippi. Appropriate <laughs> song opener. That's right. Tom Bigfoot Band. So where would you go to school? So, uh, yeah, I went to school a lot of different places. Uh, New Hope High School is where I went to high school at, over south of Columbus. Uh, and then after that, you know, I got a free chance to go to EMCC based on uh, some tuition thing that they had back when I was in school. I don't think they have it anymore. Uh, but it's where you get, if you graduate from a school in Lowndes County, you get to go to EMCC for free. So I went to there, to EMCC, and got a associates in business management. And uh, from there, that's when I found out that music is what I want to do with my life, and that's what I want to be my legacy. And uh, so I went to Delta State University in Cleveland, Mississippi, and as part of the Delta Music Institute and graduated from the Delta Music Institute with uh, a major in entertainment industry entrepreneurship. Yeah, I know a little yeah. bit about the music biz, do you? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I that's what I went to school for. Well, man, that's uh, that's pretty sharp. Uh, just to back it up a little bit, born and raised in Columbus, was in the fishing. Oh, yeah. uh, what about guitar? What was you into? Like as far as when you were a kid, what were you doing? Well, if you want to go back in time, as far as music and stuff, you know everything for me started with my dad. My dad was a gospel singer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a, back in the day, gospel quartets was a big thing, especially southern gospel quartets was a big thing. And my dad was a was the bass singer for the Hartman Quartet based out of Columbus, Mississippi. Oh, nice. Back in 1993. And, of course, I was born in 2000, so I wasn't born in 93. But, um, but growing up, I was dragged around, mm-hmm. forced to carry some speakers which i appreciate so very much that he'd made me do that he used to carry me all all across the south yeah (laughs) uh just being our old roadie and helping them out that's where i got introduced to music at and uh it wasn't long that i started i wanted to pick up a guitar and i actually originally wanted to pick up a banjo and my mom told me no, you got to do guitar first before you do a banjo. So that's oh, why they got me a banjo. Oh, I've a been on this uh, venture for the past three months. I recently bought a banjo, and that was because uh, some of my favorite singer-songwriters right, right now, uh, Clawhammer, right. uh, that style, yeah. mm-hmm. but they translated it over to guitar, and when I got to listen to all these cats, I was like, why do they sound so different? What? Are, 
And then I, I realized it was the approach, and then mm-hmm. you find out a little bit about them. It's like, well, they were banjo players, and they learned how to play guitar. Right. Uh, so that's very okay. – it's interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of people, a lot of songwriters nowadays, especially in the Americana scene, mm-hmm. the you know more traditional country style there, uh, picking up some banjos. You know, banjo kind of got lost there uh, kind of when the 90s came. Kind of got pop country kind of stuff. and It never but, left. Yeah, so – but – banjos are i love a banjo you know i play a little bit of one but i don't i play guitar most of the time you know same dude i I am nowhere near where i want to be with that banjo like i'll pick it up in the evenings if i got a chance and just try to uh, meander my way through it right so uh you were a roadie uh with your dad's gospel quartet about that man i don't even like it's 90s i was born in 90 and uh when i was coming up to high school uh, it would go out of existence, but the FFA at where I went to high school in South Lamar, they would put on like quartets. Now, what's the F? Future Farmers of America. Okay. But uh, one of the guys that was involved with the FFA, he was a uh, uh, worship leader at one right. of the local churches, and he was really into music. Would and so they bring they would bring quartets and stuff like that. Oh, he trained a quartet. Right. He had uh, a soprano, uh, alto, right. a tenor in a bass and yeah. man they they want some ribbons dude they yeah. were cooking right and on top of that they would branch out to do like full gospel bands with mandolins and yep. uh, the, the whole get up but by the time i had gotten up there i mean it was dissolved and it was no more it's like the whole way it seems what's the things whole... things were done right. is just totally different now well, you know? it's the whole idea of quartet music is it's not as big as it was there's still quartets out there you got the kingsman's and you got mm-hmm. the perry's and uh, the Isaacs original was a quartet group, but they branched into more bluegrass, just kind of just a bluegrass gospel band. And now they're playing on the Grand Ole Opry every night, you know. Yeah. And uh, but it just seems like quartet music is, uh, you know, maybe it'll come back. You never know. You you know, I, you see a lot of R and B gospel or quartets, especially down in the Delta. If you ever go to the Delta, there's a lot of R and B gospel. Quartets. Yeah. I don't know how it's to describe it. Besides that, still a lot of quartets out there. But my dad was strictly Southern gospel, so like Gaithers and yeah. stuff like that. So. Dude, I'm with it. Like, uh, I like going to a church service when they get a special performer, and if it happens to be a, a quartet, uh, I guess it's old soul in me, but I am for it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good. Like oh, when yeah. you, when you got people who can actually do it, it's especially it's really well done. A, especially if you got a live band, because. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my dad used to have a live band, oh, and, and they went to CD, and, ah. and I and it tore me up because, because uh, you know, it's kind of the chief way up. Yeah. yeah, you're getting you can do your songs, but it's just not the same. Yeah. It's like having playing or you're at a party playing a having a DJ versus having an actual band there. It's it's huge. I mean, it's a big difference. Yeah, I mean that's the reason why people call me to put shows together because they don't want to do a DJ or something. Yeah, you know it's it's completely different. So, so uh, back to you, mom said no banjo. You got to pick up guitar first. Yes. So uh, what would that look like? Would you be self-taught or would you get lessons well, from uh, someone? Actually, in here in Columbus, there's a place called the Burning Piano, and uh, I have a, my cousin's friends. I'm I'm, I'm saying that because I don't know if you've ever been to the Burning Piano. I have a time or two. Uh, you know, uh, you ever? I don't know if you ever heard of a guy named Stephen Honnell. Yes. Oh, you know Stephen Hoddle? I do. That's my cousin. We are both uh, Toyota Tacoma fans. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Stephen, if you're listening, 
I'm gonna come see you yeah, that's soon, right. buddy. But uh, yeah, <laughs> he come. We had what we called a uh, stockholder meeting at Munson's, right? And him and Dustin Gibson are good friends. Yeah. And Stephen came out for that, and uh, we actually got Stephen to get up on stage and play for us a little oh, bit. Man, that's which that's was doing. a treat. Yeah. Oh, Stephen, very talented. Mm-hmm. I wish. Uh, deep down, I kind of wish he went into music and a little bit more because i mean he's got a talent for it so he would he would be the guy that taught you so my mom we knew he'd play guitar because uh i mean he's my family we all knew that and so my mom hired him to come out and give me my first few lessons and uh and i I don't even think he got paid much at all but he was doing it because you know we're all family right he wants to have we wanted to have more music in our family and lord we got plenty of it now uh but he would come out like once a week or every two weeks to come teach me a few chords, and it really got nothing. It really didn't get more than just learning chords and learning how to strum a song. He did teach me one finger picking song, well, I'll never forget "Blackbird" by the Beatles. You know, he loves the Beatles. I love the Beatles yeah. too. But he taught me uh, my first few chords, and and after a while, um, kind of sent me on my way. He uh, he showed me YouTube as a is an asset <laughs> you know you can learn a lot from youtube and, yeah um, but the rest of it's been self-taught and of course i've ran into different other people that's taught me stuff um, like josh gillis is usually here i don't know if you know who that is but i haven't personally met him yet uh we recently connected on social media though right um uh, he actually i ran in, I, my music director taught him how to play guitar and since in our free time he teaches me a few things so we kind of have the same guitar teacher in a sense were mr richard the guy my music director at church he taught me more music theory what about high school dude was you uh picking and grinning then or were you playing any kind of sports what was you into you chasing, well, <laughs> chasing girls all of the above playing sports lord mercy no uh i tried to do uh football i was in a gifted class for a while but uh, i left that because i was dumb because I was kind of pressured into a football because that's what everybody pressures their kid into doing, mm-hmm. which I don't agree with. If uh, you know, I, they made me leave my gifted class that I was in mm-hmm. for football, and you can look at me, I yeah. ain't built for football. You really ain't built for it. No, like I ain't a, built for it, like and, a, I'm, and that doesn't offend me one bit. You're a DB or a wide receiver. Yeah, or a cornerback. Yeah, that's what. And a cornerback goes is the people, or it goes to the wide receivers who can't catch. That's yeah, that's where yeah. it goes. I will say this, like, it's been a conversation ever since, like, the Hamlin injury of I, I do like uh, football for what it is in the regard of, of with teenagers or young men, I think it's a great sport for oh, yeah. them to be able to be violent right? Uh, to an extent that is fine that doesn't lead to repercussions in public to get them going down a bad road. Well, like I want to be clear, like I love football. Like yeah. I watch football like crazy. Yeah, just ain't for you. And it's just, it's just I'm not built for it. Yeah. I broke too many bones. Oh, uh, you had some injuries. Oh yeah, I broke my wrist one time. We was playing football. Uh, it wasn't actually at a football game, but we was, uh, we was actually at the Mississippi State Stadium, at the junction playing football, and I broke my wrist doing that. Uh, kind of just messing around. I got a lot of injuries when I was a kid from playing like back 
church football. Like oh, after yeah, that, that's after, where it gets bad because people they tackle you full force with no pads. That's it. Yeah, and that's what that's it what wasn't a two hand touch. Now here's how. <laughs> look, here's how I I broke my wrist because this is what people tell you not to do. Somebody pushed me backwards, and I swung my arms back to try to catch, catch myself. Yep, broke my wrist. So ever it. since then, I kind of you got to tuck and roll. Oh yeah. When I got taller, I realized quick, like, any time, like, if I'm falling, yeah. just eat it. Don't yeah. don't try to catch yourself. Don't double just step. Take just 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 take it. Because if you take it, you're going to feel, you know, at least for me, it feels like it's not going to be as bad if you just take it. Yeah. Just man like, up and take it. Yeah, the only thing I would suggest maybe is, like, maybe cover your head. Yeah. But other than that, like that, just eat it. Yeah, that's <laughs> what you got to do. You know, that wasn't even the injury that got me out of football. Oh, it gets uh, worse. Well, it's not worse as worse injury, but it's worse for my music because I was playing music and I broke my finger. And that's, that's a, what that's did a it for fear, me. buddy. When I broke my finger was the day that I got out of football, mm-hmm. and uh, I was I got tackled, and I just looked at my my ring finger and it was laying on top of my. I was trying to hold it straight and it was just laying on top of my pinky, broke. It was broke, mm-hmm. and uh, it wasn't even the pain that you know. You know, it was just pain. But the thing was, is I didn't want to. That's when I realized that this could jeopardize me playing guitar. I mean, that's right now. That's my livelihood. Yeah. So that was the day I got out of football. But you know, during high school, nobody even knew I played guitar. I didn't tell anybody. Oh, you wasn't out with the hangouts and playing mm-hmm. for everybody? No, I was. Oh man, that's party trick number one right there. I know, but I wasn't <laughs> a party guy, man. I, just, I got you. You know, when I was in high school. You know, high school was rough, especially. As, I mean, I hate to talk crap about New Hope, but uh, I used to, I was I grew up and went to school at South Lamar. But when I got old enough to drive, I hung out in New Hope. So right. I know I know what you're talking about. People, people, well, people at New Hope, especially in high school, they're ugly, especially middle school. They're a little they're hazing very, going on. There's very there's a lot of hatred. Oh, especially when you're that young, because they'll try to find something to, you know, they'll try to find something that you that's different about you, mm-hmm. and pick try you to apart. pick you apart, you know. Which is, I mean, that's what you're gonna expect. There's a bunch of teenagers, you know. Yeah. So I didn't tell anybody that I played guitar, uh, because you didn't want anybody knowing he was a songbird, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what they did. I mean, they picked that kind of stuff out. So, uh, but you know, that's why I. When I went to music, I got a lot of friends calling me. It's like, man, I never knew you even did this. I didn't start writing songs until until uh, right before coronavirus started. Is that real? That's that's wow. 100% true. So, EMCC free ride. Like, why do why would you go into business management? Like, when I was getting ready for school, getting out of high school, I had no intention on college, and so my grandma begged me to go. Yeah. So I went to appease her. And I would end up in a tech field like industrial electronics, right? And I'd get that associates in that, but like well, business management, that that's pretty smart for a teenager. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of a general. You know, your tech, the tech job. Do you see? Yeah. I mean, that's that's needed big time. And I still like, use it today. I think that's the. I read somewhere. I can't remember where it's at. Maybe on Facebook. Oh, it's, it's like one be true. of the number one industries. Oh yeah. Of right now, that's with growth wise. Mm-hmm. Because all this technology, especially when coronavirus, we become more dependent on computers and stuff since coronavirus started. Mm-hmm. That industry is just booming. Right it now. is. But uh, no, I went. I did business because I knew I wanted to do music. Originally, I was going to do forestry. Mm-hmm. Originally, 
the, the first two months of me at MCC was trying to do forestry. And I found out after talking to Braden Sandsang, the guy you had last night, mm-hmm. after talking to him, uh, <laughs> to his dad, his dad is a forester, he quickly talked me out of it. <laughs> he told, told me, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do forestry. Yeah. And, uh, and I decided, you know, I'm not going to do it. So I went to something that I felt like was more general that I could use in a, a bunch of different industries. Mm-hmm. And that's why I went to business management. And so after finishing up EMCC with business management, would you go directly to uh, the Delta to study in Cleveland? Yeah. So before, right before I graduated, I actually went and toured Delta State because, I, like I said, or again, Braden Sands thing, his sister mm-hmm. went out there. And she knew I loved music. Yeah. And uh, she was out there, too. And she told me about Delta, the Delta Music Institute and talked me into going to do a tour. And I went out there and saw all of these nice thousand, $100,000 studios. And I was like, you know what? I always wanted to do an album, and this would be my way to get a degree and do an album. So I decided to go to Delta State, to the DMI, you know, it is even that town to show you how much music is out there in Cleveland, Mississippi is they have a Grammy museum. There's only two of them in the world. One's in Los Angeles and the other one's in Cleveland, Mississippi. How about that? That's that, crazy to me. That really speaks to just Mississippi in itself. Right. Uh, I mean, I've had like international people on and they, they've said it time and time again that, uh, you know, at first when they came to the country, they went to New York, Big Apple, or they would go to Los Angeles. Right. But when they came back, they went straight to Mississippi uh-huh. because of what they found about America was Mississippi is about as America as it gets. Yeah, that's where you're going to find the true heart of, of, of America is Mississippi. Yeah. You and know? especially if you're in the music. I mean, think about it. There is no tourist attractions in Mississippi, basically. Yeah. There's nothing. You, know, and you could go to where, you know, Tupelo, you could go to Elvis ha- Presley's I'm not hating birth house. Or, yeah. I love Mississippi with yeah. a passion. But it's it's such a rural state. I mean, I guess Alaska would be more rural, right? But yeah, um, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> right, but but Mississippi is probably going to be the most heart or downhearted part of America. Yeah, but like as far as tourism, you really have to seek it out because I think about Bentonia with the Blue Front Cafe. If if you don't know about it, you ain't never gonna go. Or the you know the right. Shack Up Inn is closed now and Clarksdale. But I mean, well, I'm not saying. I mean, yeah. Mississippi is growing and. And tourist attractions like yeah. Marty Stewart just opened up the Congress of Country Music in Philadelphia, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. That's huge. That's that's the Grand Ole Opry of this, of Mississippi mm-hmm. as the Ellis Theater. That's a huge deal, and uh, people don't realize that it is now the largest uh, museum of country music in the world is in Philadelphia, Mississippi. Not even in Nashville. How about that? Because Marty Stewart owned the the largest museum in the world in country music and uh he got that cleveland mississippi is growing in tourist attractions and i mean braden braden i used to carry around braden to play around with me and over in cleveland and we've all seen it i mean the music out there has grown big time and uh what but mississippi of, is growing it's yeah. just it's still got some a lot of ways to go that's right uh i mean what kind of music are we talking at delta state is this like all walks of life all different styles of music or do they cater to a specific time no, it's at Delta State, it's all kinds of music. So I went there, and I found out I was the only country guy there. 
Well, that gave you a leg up. Yeah. But, you know, I was the only country artist. I mean, there is country. I, in, I, I imagine a lot of these guys were chasing blues. Well, specifically in the DMI. Okay. There was there was uh, students outside the DMI that had cover bands where they did a few country songs, but they're doing more southern rock, you know, party songs. Mm-hmm. You know, but I came there as a, a guy that wanted to just be a recording artist in in country. Most of the guys there are doing rap and pop and rock mm-hmm. and a few blues guys you'd be surprised there's a there's only a few few blues guys i figured it would be ate up with it you would think no but you know some a lot of the rock is blues too you know yeah it's kind of all mingled together you know but that's just as far as the students as far as the actual talent around town it's pretty much blues uh the older guys is that at deep roots which is a non-profit organization uh, mm-hmm. used to actually promote music there in in Cleveland. They put on shows all across town called Deep Roots, and it's led by Trisha Walker, and uh, who used to be Connie Smith's piano player. If you don't know who Connie Smith is, she's a she's Marty Stewart's wife, and they they she's she's a she's a big country artist. That plays on Grand Opera all the time, mm-hmm. and. Uh, but most of, it's mostly blues and country outside of Delta State. In Delta State, it's mostly rap. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and community safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Pop and rock. And so at this time, you are, uh, you haven't wrote your first song yet, right? No, at- I I have wrote, no, I hadn't, I hadn't wrote a song since before coronavirus. Okay, but okay, so this, you're just finishing up at Delta State during this time now? Like, I'm a little mixed like, up on the timeline. Like, so the timeline, like, I graduated Delta State back in May. Okay, okay, okay. Right. So you were at Delta State, like, during the whole pandemic, basically. Yeah, so 2020 is when I started. Okay, yeah, right at the peak of it. Yeah, I started September, or October, or, sorry, uh, August of 2020 and graduated May, this past May. Okay, I mean, what was that like? Was it a lot of online classes, or was it kind of touch and go? No, it was it was in-person classes, but... It was like very social distance, mask, and uh, like they would we, every day we would have to get stickers that they would check our temperature and give us stickers that said that saying yeah. that we're good. Yeah, we did that all the way up to the end of 2021. Um, my last semester there is when we decided not to wear a mask anymore. Yeah, and uh, but you, I went to Delta State wanting to make an album. I mean that's the whole reason why I went went to the the DMI out there at Delta State, and uh, and 
actually we got that album done it's called just the way i am it's kind of a it's a collection of 10 songs that tells the stories and feelings of everyday mississippians and it's got a few cover songs that are popular with mississippians like Folsom prison blues mm-hmm. we if, if you're if you're living in mississippi you know about Folsom prison blues and uh yeah, we got done. We got that record done. It took about two years to do it after fundraising. So you, uh, so you was working on that uh, during the, your whole time. Yep. At Delta, that's yeah, cool, man. Yeah. So, in fact, the first year I was there, I recorded a small EP, a collection of songs, real all original songs, just me and I used a guitar called Unplugged, and uh, it was it was crap. It was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, badly recorded because I had no money. Yeah, I literally used the five hundred dollars that the government gave all the college students and made that record with five hundred dollars, which is Did nothing. The best we could, boys. Which that's nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's literally nothing. And I've had a hundred CDs made and uh, used that to build up funds for the actual record that I actually wanted to do. And because of that, and we went to the studio this time last year, mm-hmm. and my last semester was recording and. Uh, marketing the the just the way i am record i wanted to ask you this because i was impressed uh the other night when we were playing at munson's is uh uh your stage presence and like even awareness is uh pretty good man Uh, i was really impressed with that was that something that you would pick up while just playing shows or maybe uh early when you were being the roadie for your dad or is that something that was taught to you at delta well i i wouldn't say it was I mean, I I was on stage maybe a handful of times while my dad was singing, mm-hmm. but most of the time I wasn't. So I wouldn't I wouldn't say that I got that from from the uh, the Harmon Quartet or my dad's quartet. And I appreciate you saying that because that's something I've been working on. Yeah, is stage presence. But uh, you know, growing up in church, um, I grew up in a in a church, Magby Baptist Church down off of highway 50 my literally my preacher helped my preacher that's still my preacher today held me in his arms when i was born in the hospital mm-hmm. so i was literally born in this church mm-hmm. this church is literally my family you know and growing up in there my preacher the preacher would always uh saying you're gonna sing a song and i wouldn't sing unless i got some money oh boy like, <laughs> he would give me a, a dollar a little bit off the off from table right yeah, he'd give on. me a dollar and I would go up there. Pass and, that hat around, buddy. Yeah, I would go up there and sing. And I had so such stage fright that I would hide behind the pulpit with a microphone and just sing. And now nope. you got a guitar, man. Right. Now I hide behind my guitar. Yeah, right? me too. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so over the years, I tried to, you know, playing around with church. Yeah, it's a sacred kind of feeling you're playing sacred songs gospel songs mm-hmm. but you also wanted to keep it light i saw how my dad uh did sh- did shows how they try to get the audience to laugh in this case the congregation so uh you know just that kind of stuff and i feel like that's probably where i got most of it but a lot of it's just playing shows man you yeah just, just experience that's how you that's how you make it it's just playing shows get in front of people how did uh the the night that we met you were opening up for adam hood how did that get set up uh, so Monk, who's also been on on this podcast before, uh, I started working. I started working with uh, Monk over at the Columbus Arts Council, mm-hmm. uh, teaching guitar lessons because I needed some extra money. I hope it's no shocker that in the music industry, there's 
it's hard to make some money, uh, yeah. especially until you get until you get a pretty decent sized audience. But it's uh, so a lot of times you have to have several jobs. Well, get teaching guitar lessons was one of my other jobs at the uh, Columbus Arts Council, and uh, so I gave Monk my who was working the front desk. I gave him my record, and he took it home and listened to it. And when I came back the next week, he offered it to me, saying how much I, uh, that they would pay me to open up for Adam Hood, which I thought was a. I, was you familiar with who a, Adam Hood was? I, I've heard of his name before, but I didn't know him. Like I never listened to his stuff. That dude is a ghostwriter. That dude just wrote some hits, buddy. I tell you. <laughs> and the second that I looked him up, I was like blown away. Like I'm about to open up for this legendary dude that that you know. Look at the audience that this man's got. He's playing all over the country right now. Mm-hmm. He's in Texas yeah. right now. Oh, he's got a huge following in Texas. Texas is where I always wanted to play. At. I love Texas, and um, but uh, so I got that gig from Monk, and uh, I opened up for him. Well, right a week or two before I opened up, that's when I found out he was going to play. He was going to debut at the Grand Ole Opry, and the not day only that, after. the day after the event. Yeah. So I was his. I was his. I was Adam Hood's last opener before he was an Opry singer. How many people get to say that? Just you. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And I've only. I only know two other. I've only ever met two or three other people that's ever played on Opry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Charlie Worsham and Charlie Crockett. Yeah. And uh, Marty Stewart. And besides them, that's the only people I've ever met that's ever played on the Grand Ole Opry. And that's a huge deal. People, I don't know if people realize how big of a deal it is to play on the Grand Ole Opry because they don't hardly let anybody new play there unless you prove it to them. You mm-hmm. know, that's, they have to ask you. That's it's, that's real. I mean, there there are venues, and I'm blessed just with like previous bands that I've been in. Like they're like they they come out of a list last year, and it was really praising Mississippi for. Uh, their venues and like the most iconic and when i looked at the top 10 i had played six of them right and i was like probably ground zero and yeah and how mouths or something blue canoe and tupelo blue canoe man that's the place i've been yeah. trying to get into yeah <laughs> it's hard to get in that place yeah, i had to talk to little adam morgan about that what well, hey if you can put a good <laughs> word in for me man i've already emailed him and I've been turned right. down too many times. About to say, well, he knows who you are. Yeah, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> trying to, I mean, we we can put on a show, man. We uh, we we put on a show not too long ago. That, yeah. That so uh, I wanted to walk uh, with you through. It seems like things really, really moved fast for you after leaving college. It wouldn't. Yeah. You you got the record out, and then next thing you know, well, there's this record label. Yeah. So. I didn't get the. I got. To, I was actually on the record label before it came out, before the album came out. Oh, um, and uh, so I was on the uh, Cotton Row Records. We got done with the album, basically. Uh, all the recording was done. My producer, Miss Trisha Walker, who was also who's also the head person of all the music in Cleveland, Mississippi. Uh, she's my producer and my mentor, and she sent. All, all of our recorded recordings unmixed and everything yeah to uh aaron mormon who uh who owns cotton road records in cleveland and it wasn't long after that then i started getting emails and messages telling me that they want to sign a deal 
and it was March. I can't remember exactly. I think it was like early March, March seventh, something like that. We officially signed. Uh, How did that record. feel? It has to be like that. You know oh, that. that was like, you know the high school student. It's signing day, and he's about to go play college for his favorite football team, and he's like. I'm going with the University of Mississippi State, you know, whatever, yeah. you know, whatever. It had to feel like that, right? I mean, it's like yeah, you're, you're walking right in the dream, man. It's like man. almost a validation feeling. You feel like, oh, I'm, I must be doing something right. Yeah, if I'm, I literally have a record label. Who are some me. more people that's worked on this label? Do you know? It's me and just, and I think she's the the lady, the girl that owns it, also um, done some work. But there's been other people who who she's collaborated with, who's Cotton Rose collaborative related with. Is, Jeff McCreary out of Cleveland, Mississippi. He's got a brand new record out. He's got a brand new song out called uh, Rough Patch. Okay. Uh, by Jeff McCreary. I would highly advise. That's a dude. That's Plugs, a great song. baby. That's a great song. Get on it, Porch Talkers. That's right. <laughs> called The Rough Patch. A Rough Patch by Jeff McCreary. Is uh they do collab that's one person that they collaborate with. He's not actually signed, but they we've all collaborated together and uh uh but since then, um that's kind of your. It's kind of a validating feeling. That's when you know you're doing something right. When you got record labels knocking on your door, man, that's pretty cool. So we signed it, and they helped promote it. But we already we already had the record done by then, mm-hmm. and we was actually in the mastering, mixing and mastering phase of the record. Um, they just helped market it because I because I needed some money to market them with. That's the biggest part of it too. It's, I mean, it is one thing to put out a great record, but like if you got a great record but you can't get it out to an audience that it can appeal to, that's right. Well, that's only half the battle. Yeah. Now you got a good record that ain't nobody going to hear. Right. So she she helped me design a re- release party and we did advertisements and a whole camp marketing campaign. And uh, the last last thing I did with Cotton Row was uh, a Christmas song. We did a a song called Run Run Rudolph, which is not like the Chuck Berry, Run Run Rudolph. It's not that. <laughs> yeah. This is a song about Rudolph and deer hunting. Oh, boy. <laughs> Mississippi style here. Mississippi style. Now, R- Rudolph don't actually die, but he does get let off easy. And, uh, yeah, it's called Run Run Rudolph. <laughs> I did that back. back. I won't sing it, I'm sing it now because <laughs> it's, it's not Christmas anymore. It's not Christmas time. I'm, I'm about sick and tired of Christmas time. But That's I love right. Christmas, but Christmas music. He's old. Yeah. Mariah uh, Carey has went back to her cave. That's right. Until after Thanksgiving. That's right. <laughs> Actually, after Halloween. That's Yeah, that's, yeah, that's more close. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's the last thing we did with Cotton Row. And, uh, but well, if there's more, if there's future stuff out there, we'll see. But I don't know. I'd like to plug uh, Braden and the arena. So uh, recently had a show here at the arena. Yes. Of... A little bit about that. I mean, pretty good, sh- pretty good that turnout. Was, that was, uh, that was our best show that we've done. We did that show with it was me and Thomas Sanders, who is the, the famous, uh, the one of the best piano players in Mississippi. He lives in Natchez, Mississippi. We call him the Little Killer because he's just like Jerry the Killer Lewis. You know, Jerry Lewis, <laughs> Jerry Lee yeah. Lewis. And uh, we also had Ethan Oswalt, who's a local talent, open up for us. Yeah, I had a pretty decent turnout. We was a pretty – but the thing is, it was a very interactive crowd, and I think it was good for the people of Columbus to try to start something new. And uh, I think Braden's trying to start something, another show in around April or May, somewhere around there uh, with the arena. So if people of yeah. Columbus are listening, be ready for it. 
yeah, and come out and support it. I mean, it's so tough, like, in this town, like me and Braden has talked about it. It seems like I've been involved in this music scene for, you know, 15 years now, and it, it's always kind of ebbed and flowed with who the players were. Right. Uh, who who was the guy, the the head and the heart, who was who was making things happen. And, you know, maybe that person moves on to maybe Nashville or maybe goes out to Texas or right. goes to Hattiesburg or whatever the case. And right. then it, it's kind of void, and then someone steps up, kind of revitalizes it. But it seems like we just really can't nail down, uh, you know, what venue and who's going to do what. Right. And so I'm hoping to get to a place where we got, like, the arena, we got Munson Brothers and – other places providing well, the burning piano even. I, I mean, think the hardest thing for Columbus, and Columbus is a great town. It used to be a big music town back mm-hmm. in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, we just got to try to convince people that music is worth listening to. Music is I mean, we had Blind Melon important. play at the Princess, you know. Yeah, and I music mean, is important. That's pretty cool. And uh, music is – we just got to make sure people know music is important. And uh, – and, and I think we'll be doing good if once we, once people feel like music is worth coming to. And, and dude, I really appreciate y'all uh, coming out for the open mic that we did at Monson's. Uh, I was really happy that y'all came out. I mean, we had three generations covered, man. We yeah, had was... we had the young guys, the middle guys, and the old guys. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you saw the. It was the old guys and the middle guys that was there, and then uh, our little squad of young folks. We yeah. all just blew the door out. Yeah. Walk, walked in. Now, I was surprised how many people was, or how many guitars was there. Yeah, we had that whole floor covered with just guitar cases. I took a picture of that. Yeah, that put was it wild. in my wallpaper. I loved it. Did they like, do that? Did y'all do it again? Did Munson and Brothers do that before? We've tried, uh, but we not since we had the inside stage. Right. We would try to do an open mic a couple of times on the outside stage, and it never really. It wasn't anything like that. Yeah. I mean that that was. I don't know. I hope we can redo that magic. Well, you know, and they're not doing it this Thursday. Not this Thursday, Thursday, but the next, the 19th. And uh, the 19th. Well, if I'm in town, I'll do it. I mean, I'd love to come out there again because I got some new songs. Yeah, man. I'd love to perform out there. That's that's the thing about it. That's what I love about Open Mics is, like, man, that's you got something new you want to try? Right. Or if you you got, I mean, it might not even be a new song. It might be a new move. It might be right. like just you might be changing your style altogether. But what what, what a better place? Well, and especially like you're typically open minds. You're going to be performing for music lovers, but typically you're going to be playing for other musicians. And so it's a good right. way to get those kinks out. Well, that's why I was so you know at first I was wouldn't when I found out y'all y'all was doing open mic night. I was like, oh, well, I'm going to do probably all original songs because. Most places we play at, we have to play cover songs because mm-hmm. we don't have the we don't have the big enough audience to yeah. play just all original stuff right now. Um, so we had to play songs that everybody knows, and then you know put some original stuff in that set. Uh, but you know these open mic nights, nobody's there. Nobody's everybody's just doing it for the love of music. So that was like the perfect opportunity to play some of my original songs. And seeing what other music lovers and, like we said, musicians and stuff like that mm-hmm. would sit, think about it. And that's like the perfect opportunity to play original music. And uh, I love I love writing songs myself. You know, it's kind of a therapeutic thing. When I have time, you know, that's the hard part, finding time to yeah. to sit down and get get your gear, uh, button to gear and write a song. 
Oh. What what comes first for you, or maybe it depends, but uh, a lot of times I'll write words first and then the music will come later. And, I mean, it, it, every song was a little different, right? Right. Well, you know. But, like, if I'm at work, if I'm at work and some, an idea comes to my head, I'm pulling my note out, jot it down, think about it, maybe an hour or two later, got a little something else. Yeah. Maybe it don't turn into anything. And then a year, year and a half down the road, I got this other idea. They're yeah. cooking. They make a baby. <laughs> I got a song. <laughs> you know how many people has asked me that question about yeah. what, what do you write first? Yeah. So many people ask me that yeah. question. And, it's, it's tough, And man. I tell them, it's like, it just depends. But, you know, for me, I, I usually come up with either well, I'll even, sometimes I'll start with the hook, like, uh, like oh, man, man this, is, this is catchy. Or I'll start with the, the music, just straight up come up with the whole progression of the music and then come up with words off that. Well, my, sometimes I have a co-writer, Miss Tricia, who's also my mentor. Sometimes she co-writes with me. A lot of times she comes up with the words first. And, you know, it's the saying that opposites attract. You know, writing with her is almost like uh, it's like it was meant to be because I'll generate some ideas and she knows how to break them down. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. she knows how to cut me, cut me down. But when I need it, mm-hmm. she knows how to get the, all the bad stuff out of the song so we can find a new good stuff to put it to fill the holes in, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, it depends. I mean, it always depends. I've yeah. written songs where words came first. Yeah. And it's it's always a tough question, you know, like, you know, what you know, take Tom Bigby. I mean. Yeah. What, guitar came first? Yeah, yeah, guitar came first from that, you know. I don't think, I don't think, I'm not sure if there was a, a song that I was listening to that reminded me of that song or not. All I knew, how that song came about was we was getting ready to record the Just The Way I Am record and uh, album, and I still had like a song to do. And it was like past Christmas, and we start January 6th, and I still have one empty slot. If we wrote, I wrote that song in a week, mm-hmm. and uh, and I, I was talking with my producer, Miss Tricia, and she said, "Well, what's some of the things that remind you of home? Because we don't have a single song about back home in Columbus." And I said, "Well, I grew up on the river, you know, Tom Bigby River." like well you need to write a song about it mm-hmm. and i looked up every tom bigby tom bigby song you know there's only one that i could find it's like the tom bigby waltz and it's like from the 1800s and there's there's not another song oh. out here that talks about the tom bigby nice. I, don't, I don't think at least <coughs> what i found on apple music yeah so i decided to write a little song about the tom bigby band as if i was a steamboat captain or trying to be a steamboat captain back mm-hmm. in the day because it's back when it was called possum town mississippi you know word mm-hmm. so i told adam he asked why it was called possum town i was like because people sleep on it yeah <laughs> it's not why at all but it's good <laughs> oh now, used to be a guy that ran the trading post on the river they had he, a real long kind of, nose yeah wasn't he kind of crazy yeah yeah crazy, he was a crazy guy yeah and he had a real long nose and the native american people of course it was in native american language possum yeah, yeah. but we changed it to english version you know right possum town well, dude, I got a. Uh, I don't know if you had anywhere else you wanted to go, but I got three questions walking out the door. Okay. Question one is plug social medias. Where can people find you and your music? So y'all can find me uh, 
Yeah, my website, www.mississippimason.com. Check it out. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Mississippi Mason. Pretty easy to remember, you know. I'm also on TikTok, but uh, don't 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 hold me to new content on TikTok. <laughs> I try my best, but Instagram and Facebook is where I'm usually at. I got you. Uh, but uh, yeah, y'all make sure y'all follow me on on Spotify and Apple Music. Listen to the new record, the new Just the Way I Am record, and also the brand new uh, Run Run Rudolph song. Really appreciate go. it. Question two is, I mean, I've heard you speak a lot about the Grand Ole Opry, but if you was to give yourself a go for this year, or maybe even extend it to next year, what venue would you like to be uh, playing in? You know, what do you mean by, like, the goal by the end of 2024? Sure. Like, where do you want to be? You know, I, I would love to play at the Ellis Theater at the Congress of Country Music. Since that opened up, I saw the inside of it, and I'm like, I need to play at this place. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping by maybe a year or two, um, hoping maybe if we can have the following to, uh, to play in there, you know, that'd be great. Got a lot of work to do in between then. And, uh, but yeah, Dallas Cedar in Philadelphia, Mississippi. I would love to play there by 2024, hopefully. There you go. We're but, calling it out, Marty Stewart. That's right. Get Marty Stewart. Make yeah. it happen for us. He, I, <laughs> Uh, I met Marty Stewart. I hope he remembers me, but uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll see. Oh, we'll uh, question three to walk it out the door. Put you on the spot. What was your favorite part about this conversation? Oh, uh, you know, I enjoyed talking about uh, a favorite part of this conversation. You're talking about helping Columbus. I mean, yeah. you know, Columbus where I grew up, man. I want to see it flourish. Like Cleveland, Mississippi is flourishing right now in music. I would love to see Columbus get back to where it was. Back when Catfish Alley was huge, man, yeah, preach, dude. Right, that's that was a huge thing, and uh, hopefully one day I get back there. But I love talking about helping Columbus. That's why we did that whole show back December third, was to help Columbus. You know, it wasn't for profit at all. It yeah. was it was to help Columbus. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, right on, Mason. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.